This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Bryce, we're back for another bonus episode. Yes. So many bonus episodes this month, we probably can't keep calling them bonuses. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can because they're probably not going to continue. That is true. That is true. Unless we're all locked down and just have nothing else to do other than yeah, pump out podcasts. Of, uh, you and me bonus episodes, <laughs> no guests. Yeah. Well, this uh, episode will probably be the last time that we are together socially distanced in the studio, Ren. Yes. Looking more and Can't more likely. Can't wait to get a break from you. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Ren, we are doing a bonus episode with another of our experts and friends of the community, Owen Raskovich. He was part of our live show down in Melbourne and an absolute gun when it comes to, I guess, analyzing stocks. He runs his own investment company, financial media company as well. So the reason we're getting him on is because we have been following him on Twitter and he is incredibly excited about what's going on in the markets at the moment and uh, has a lot of companies on his watch list. So we're going to be checking in with him to understand what his process is at the moment and also, I guess, what's on his watch list. So we will dial him in now and see what he has to say. Here we go. Hopefully he picks up. Good morning. Owen, it's Bryce. How are you? Good mate, yourself? Very well. We've got Alec here on the other on the other end. I should let you know that we are now recording. Hey, so. Owen, how's it going? I'm <laughs> good, mate. How are you? Yeah. yeah, good, good. Crazy times we're living through. Yeah, man, totally. Podcasting on a Sunday morning at 8am. That's it, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> if you love what you do, it's never work. Crazy things that's happen it, in man. lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, man. That's it. Yeah, no, it's... um. It's pretty scary, right? So I think, you know, if there's, I'm a pretty optimistic person, but um, if it's like fortuitous for some people, it's fortuitous for people like yourselves and maybe even me, because you can still do your work from home, right? Or at least podcast. Yeah, at least podcasting, but we are lucky to have other jobs at this stage as well. So we were just introducing you before we gave you a call and letting the listeners know that the reason we wanted to give you a buzz was because primarily we've been way friend of the show and B, we've been following you on Twitter and I don't think there is anyone more excited than yourself <laughs> about what's going on at the moment in terms of the opportunities it's presenting on the market. And so we'd really love just to understand A, what's been your process at the moment when it comes to finding good opportunities because you can imagine a lot of our community have been, I guess, waiting for a moment like this and are now feeling 
very overwhelmed with the amount of opportunity and sort of what to do. Mm-hmm. And then B, perhaps, are there any sort of companies on your watch list that you're finding very attractive at the moment? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I should I should probably like just put a caveat on being excited. When I think about investing uh, and when I think about the crisis that we're going through, there are two lenses that I apply. Like there's, there's the human filter, right, which is obviously that this is an almost un, uncontrollable virus that is going to take potentially hundreds of thousands, if not millions of lives, and that's just unbelievably tragic. And it really like it gets to me. But at the same time, like my role as an investment analyst is to think about investing and allocating capital. Mm. So when I talk about opportunities and being excited, I'm strictly talking about the, the, the investor lens here. So with that in mind, like I absolutely like I am an investor for the long term. And when I think about the long term, I'm talking like 10, 20, 30 years or more. And so if I if I can just clarify that, like that that's a really way I think a really neat way to compartmentalize what we're going through so um, for some people who say need money and are worried about the virus or are sick that like this my conversation what i have to say is not necessarily the information you should be listening to but mm. definitely from an investing point of view like i can help and so just in terms of process you guys talked about that obviously if i was looking at my portfolio today let's say i've, I've been <laughs> let's say europe for the last six months and i've flown home and i haven't bothered about investing or my portfolio or whatever and i look down at it and I see, you know, there are quite a few positions that are in the red. What I would be doing, the very first thing I'd be doing is I'd be looking at that and going, what am I not comfortable with? And I don't mean comfortable from like a share price point of view. I mean like from a business point of view, what businesses or which businesses in my portfolio do I not have confidence in? Do I not know enough about? Have I not done the research on? And I would probably, to be honest, I would just cut them straight away. In my world, you have a thing called a circle of competence, which I'm sure you guys would have mentioned quite a few times. And the circle of confidence is that you should be investing in companies that you A, understand, and B, you probably understand better than other people in the market. And if you don't understand the company, like just even being able to explain to your partner, you know, whether it's your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, a friend, whatever it might be, just being able to explain to them what the business does and also being able to tell them some of the risks is enough normally to feel comfortable in what you own. So that's probably the first, like, I guess, cut off the rank. The second one is that... And, and sorry, Owen, just to cut in there. So you're saying if, if you looked down at your portfolio and, and saw a bit of red and also a few companies that you probably weren't so confident about, you would just cut your losses? Yeah, yeah, I would. Because if we talk about, like, say, feeling overwhelmed right now, what's the, the way to crush that overwhelming feeling is to get rid of things that make you uncomfortable. Unfortunately, there are some things in our life right now that are unavoidable. But one of the things that is un- is avoidable is the feeling of not understanding the company that you own. So first thing, consider cutting them. And the second point of that is that there's an opportunity cost. So if you hold these positions, like let's say, so for a company that I'm, um, that I, that I currently own and, um, that I've recommended to our members is Apple, which everyone listening to this would understand and, and know quite well what they do and, Whatnot. Um, Apple is a company that obviously is tremendous, right? And it's it's got pretty rock solid balance sheet, cash flow, all the rest of it. It's pretty. It's just insane, really. However, the one thing about it is that it's going to be affected by all of the issues that we're seeing in China and globally. They've already announced that they're going to close stores throughout the world. They already closed stores in China since reopened them. The thing about them is that the shares, in my opinion, are now fairly priced. And I'm recording this on a Sunday. The shares are about two hundred and thirty dollars. So. Like I'm not uncomfortable with that position, but my current thinking is if it's fairly valued, if I think that the company is 
you know, it's going to go through a hard time. Yet there are so many other companies out there that are probably more attractive on a valuation basis. There is an opportunity cost. So I should probably think about selling some of my Apple shares and maybe redeploying that capital into businesses that are 50% under that. And so that's a more, I guess, a valuation-based approach. But if you're just looking down at it and on a qualitative basis, you just think, you know, let's let's take a company, and I know many people of the show will own this, and I'm sorry for anyone that does, uh, let's take a company like Afterpay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. no. Like, uh, so what I'm about to say is related to the circle of confidence more so than anything else. So let's say Afterpay at one stage was down 75% from its peak. It's had a pretty vicious bounce back recently, but... Let's say there are people out there who own that, but and they understand the product, but maybe they don't understand how the credit losses might work or how you know the company's going to close the door on people taking out loans that maybe can't ever repay them and those types of things. Maybe if you're feeling like that, maybe even so. I know I know some people have a one stock portfolio and their one stock is afterpay. I just think, wow. But uh, um, maybe it's just worth taking some of that money off the table. So. Sorry, I've got the, uh, the pets in the room here and they're going crazy. Um, a lot of the money would have been taken off the table on their behalf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying, like, just look at the businesses that you own and then review them. So that's one thing. The second thing is when it comes to deploying capital, you know, one hat that I wear is the investor hat. The other hat that I wear is kind of like a finance person. And if I'm applying my finance person hat, the thing that I really want to stress with a lot of listeners is make sure you have a budget. You know, when I talk to investors, I talk to 98% males. And when I talk to the finance and budgeting crowd, it's only 50% females. And the difference is that the males think that, you know, budgeting isn't a sexy thing, it's, you know, super who cares kind of thing. But that is so important at a time right now. Mm. Because if we're, if we're talking about people feeling overwhelmed, one of the things that you can do to minimize that and then invest confidently and with excitement like me, is just get rid of your debt. Build up that emergency cash balance. You know, maybe you sell some stuff around your house. Maybe you just cut a lifestyle habit that you have. Because let's let's say like there's two people. There's one person that has six months of emergency cash, so money to cover rent or mortgage or whatever. It's a lot of money, I guess. But six, someone has six months worth of emergency cash. Another person has a week's worth. Right now, people are getting laid off. So if you're in the six-month camp, you're going to have like so much more time to think about your investments than the, the one-week camp because it's kind of like, you know, what am I going to do next? So I just want to stress that home. Finally, okay, so I've talked about Apple. Now let's talk about companies. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Nice. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I just think that stuff's so important. So sorry about the digression, guys. No, but, no, completely relevant. Completely relevant. Yeah. So I kind of bucket them into three camps, right? We have the companies that are just going to be absolutely crushed. So we already see the companies like Project, like that's in, in a very dark place right now. But then there's companies that might have like kind of like it's like shot in the arm, short term hit from this. So do you guys use Zoom, the webcasting software? We don't work. We use WebEx, but there's so much chat about Zoom in yeah. our Facebook community at the moment. Yep. Crazy, right? So like you've got Zoom, which is a company that is, you know, pretty brilliant. You wouldn't think that you would need another video based solution mm. when you've got, you know, FaceTime, Instagram, like all these different things and ways that you can communicate, Skype, whatever. But this business has come in and it's like, we do video and we do it really well. And so that's a company that's going to get a short-term hit because like even my business, we took out a Zoom subscription this week because we were using something which was just not going to work for us. Um, another business from the US is a company called Teladoc. And they do, think about it like if you're a, a large corporate business, so let's say you're Apple and you have just sent all of your employees globally home, but you also care for them and you, and you, you want to provide, you know, medical solutions. You want to have them have the ability to call their doctor or a nurse or whatever. You can sign a contract with Teladoc, which provides this app that you can download. And then you can dial in and speak to a doctor who can issue you prescriptions through the device and all these wonderful things or send it directly to the pharmacist or, and you can get them delivered to. So you can think of that as like this business that's going to have a huge short-term rush. And so those kind of companies are at the top of my list in terms of, well, if, if we're ushering in a new world order, like we always joke about uploading our brains to the internet like there's some future conspiracy like where everyone's going to turn into robots and computers yeah but you know maybe in the next two weeks when everyone's isolated or next month maybe where everyone's isolated i must stay home our only outlet will be the internet and what are the things that people are going to use we already know that we're going to binge watch all of our favorite netflix and we're probably going to spend way too much time on facebook which is another company i own um, Instagram owned by Facebook, WhatsApp owned by Facebook, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, you know, all these products. So that's, that, those are companies that I'm looking at. So Apple, I said, had a rock solid balance sheet. I wouldn't be looking at any of these companies if they didn't have more cash than debt. And another thing which might be a bit geeky, but it's a stock chat sort of, hey, is just look at the, the working capital position. So people get a bit bamboozled when it comes to working capital. But really, all you need to look at is two sections of the annual report. The first one is obviously the balance sheet, where you have trade receivable, so money that's due to come towards the company. So, you know, with Apple, that might be money from, say, Telstra. You know, Telstra sells their phones, so Telstra has to pass them money. So you want to look at it from the perspective of Apple trying to get money out of its company. If you have a, if you are looking at a business that's in the travel industry, and they're owed a lot of money from travel agents, well, there's a chance that they won't receive that money, right? Mm. So that's something that you have to be mindful of. And then the other side is the trade payables. So this is a liability. It's something that the company has to pay. So uh, in the case of a business that works with travel agents, they might have to pay the airline for you know reservations that they made, and they were contractually obliged to pay that. So you want to not just look at cash minus debt, but you also want to factor in, well, what are the actual short-term obligations of the business? Because if you, if we cast our mind forward, guys, I am not an epidemiologist. I don't, you know, understand viruses as well as probably most of the population. 
But what I can say is that throughout human history, we've overcome wars, you know, terrorism, many countless things, even other types of outbreaks, and the stock market has still gone higher. Right. Mm. So if you if you think about that, if we, the longer you look out into the future, the better the expectation becomes in the stock market. I was just going to say to your point about the the strength of the balance sheet and receivables and their short term obligations and stuff. What would be your comment to to some of our audience who would say things like, you know, I'm going to buy Qantas because it's been smashed so much and it's so low at the moment, and the government will never let it fail, so it's or it's got to go up, right? What, what would your sort of, or Webjet's looking really attractive purely because it's been smashed 70% yeah, or whatever. Carnival Cruise is down 80%. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of that conversation going at the moment. And um, obviously there are buyer beware sort of a ways to approach that. But I'd love your comments on those sorts of comments. <laughs> yeah, that style of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the... And I know I know you guys know this, but I hope your listeners, if they don't already know this, that they get to it pretty quickly, which is it's very, very, very important to separate investing from share prices. So as analysts and as people who look at companies, which are ultimately what shares represent, we're talking about business fundamentals. So you can adopt a more trading-like stance on things. So you can definitely take your cues from volume and price and be a technical analyst. But if you're talking about businesses, if your fundamental reason for buying something is based on price, it is most likely wrong. So let's say in the case of Qantas, we say share price has fallen 70%. That's an observation that we make about the share price, not about the business. Right? We could, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be Qantas. It's just down 75%. So then say, to connect that logic with the government will never let it fail, that's like a, a, it's a falsehood because just because a share price falls does not necessarily mean that your stake in a business that is connected to that share price means that it's going to come back up. What I mean by that is, let's say the government, and the capitalist in me is quite annoyed with some of the things that we've seen recently, but let's say that the government says, okay, Qantas, we're going to give you a billion dollars. In return, we're going to take 50% of your business, and you're going to, pay, you're going to buy it back in five years and it's fine. And so, you know, that could happen. And in that case, what would happen is you as a small shareholder would be severely diluted. And so you would probably not get that money back, at least not in the near term. It's going to take a long time for travel to come back. Another example to hit at this home might be, say, Webjet, which has been absolutely crushed. Webjet is a business in ordinary circumstances I would love to own because it's effectively a website and a license to print money. But what we've found recently, Webjet has huge amounts of working capital problems. And it's got, it's got a, for a business that's a tech company, it's got a lot of debt. And so what is most likely to happen if they can't raise capital, they can't sell more shares and dilute all of the existing shareholders, it's probably going to be taken private. And what I mean by that is, let's say you bought, I don't know what the share price is, at $10, and now it's, say, $3. A private equity company or someone with, say, a, a billion dollars to invest, and I would do this if I had a billion dollars. I would approach Webjet. <laughs> I would approach Webjet and I would say, I tell you what, I'm going to buy all of your company and I'm going to buy it for $3.10. So you can have the choice of either going out of business and bankrupt or you can give me the company for 10 cents more than what it's currently worth in the market and your shareholders at least get something. And so if you think about that, right, that scenario, and that's a, that, I'm not saying, I'm not that you can predict that's going to happen, but it's a possibility. And 
This comes back to, on the flip side, what we're looking for in companies that we want to buy as opposed to companies that we want to sell or avoid. And that's that companies which have a lot of debt and are free from working capital issues and have a very strong business are going to thrive. So the optimist in me kicks in here, and this is where I get excited about opportunity. Let's say you're Webjet's competitor. Let's say you're booking.com, and you've noticed that Webjet is in a world of hurt right now, and it could go out of business. You're sitting there probably licking your lips as a business owner because you're thinking, well, if they're out of the market, or at least if they're going to go private, there's going to be some issues there. Then, you know, this, this pie has just got a lot bigger for me. And my share in it has just got even bigger again. So, you know, you have businesses like that that would survive. So I'm going to throw another name out there. And I feel like I'm just giving away all of my share research, but here's another one. <laughs> uh, like another one that people are familiar with, which is, is, is Google. So Google, um, by one of the latest numbers, has $100 billion of cash, right? Think about all of the things that you could do if you had $100 billion of cash. Mm. And, and one of them, like, it probably doesn't need to do a lot, to be honest, because it's already got fantastic businesses. Like, you guys probably are aware of this. It's got Waymo, which is a self-driving technology, which is just that and Tesla, like, uh, leading the pack, and then it's like daylight. Um, it's got YouTube, which is still growing. I'm sure you guys get plenty of traffic on YouTube. You know, Facebook, um, Facebook uh, it's got Drive, it's got all of these different tools that we use every day, Maps, which is yet to be really monetized. Like all of these wonderful businesses, you know, that are under its hood and it's cash positive in a big way. So it's going to spend up on all of these smaller companies when the time's right. You know, that's why I'm excited. And, you know, as an investor, if I'm looking at my portfolio today, I'm thinking, yeah, share prices might be down, but I've got to dig a bit deeper. And once I dig a bit deeper and I find out the financial situation, then I can actually start to get it. Then I can start to research the business. So my process is kind of like, are you going to be around in one to five years? And the way to look at that is to look at the capital structure. So debt minus cash, uh, cash minus debt must be positive, working capital. Then look at, say, gross profit margin, revenue minus uh, cost of And so these are the types of things you want to be focusing on, not necessarily what the share price is doing. The share price comes later. The share price comes once you've researched 10 companies. Okay, which company, according to my evaluation, is cheap? Mm. And that's the way I look at it. Well, thanks for sharing essentially your whole uh, <laughs> your watch list, watch list and research. <laughs> I, I guess the question before we go, unless you've got any run, but do you think there's going to be a big play from Berkshire Hathaway given the, given the amount of cash that Buffett has been sitting on, and you know he's he's a big one to say to buy when others are fearful. Um, I guess now's the time. Oh presenting opportunities at least uh do you think this is where he's going to come in and scoop up some big plays yes absolutely and if he doesn't i would say that's not in his character so yeah absolutely yeah. um and if i was an investor in berkshire i would be excited by that yes yeah. i would be excited to have the world's best investor deploy my capital so yeah yeah i'm very good, excited good to see if he or when he does what it's what it's going to be will really double down on apple uh, he's you know recently bought more airline stocks which is Surprising. very interesting <laughs> very interesting maybe a little worrying <laughs> yeah no he uh, i thought he had a 1-800 number he could call if he was going to buy an airline stock <laughs> <laughs> oh and just before we go i guess there's a lot of fear out there and for a lot of people this is their first you know fearful moment in the markets 2018 there was a dip but there wasn't much fear this is scary so for people out there who are unsure who are a bit scared do you have any final thoughts for them? 
Really, really good question. So again, I'm going to separate investing from the rest. But first thing is, if you are feeling like anxious, anxiety, you know, any of that sort of stuff that's really bad, please reach out to someone who can help. Like that's just a no-brainer. Money is a very real stressor. So keep that in the back of your mind. It's nothing. There's nothing to be ashamed of reaching out to like Beyond, Be- Beyond Blue or anyone else like that. The second thing is remain like long-term focused. Keep that long-term perspective. Simply put your mind forward five years from today. Where will you be and invest accordingly? Yeah, I think both very good, to be honest. We haven't had anyone remind us of the mental health side of things. So equally as important when you're doing going through this this sort of stuff. And I guess we should allow yourself to give a plug to what you do because you obviously have a lot more information available to people who would like some help and advice when it comes to stocks and research. So where can people find more about Rask and perhaps you know, financially support you if you can let yeah. us know. Yeah, sure. So that's, and thanks guys. So my website is found at www.rask.com.au and it's rask.com.au. And we have like membership subscriptions that people pay for my share research. But we also have free courses on our rest education website. We have a value investor program if you actually want to learn how to do it yourself and you don't want to pay someone like me. Nice. So yeah, if you do want to get more involved with Owen or at least see some of the stuff that he's researching, check it out. As you would have heard, he certainly knows what he's talking about and you want to back these people in who are as excited about the markets as we are in this time. <laughs> so, Owen, very much appreciate your time at 8am on a Sunday morning and who knows, we'll probably be buzzing you shortly if we're all locked up and running out of people to talk to. So. <laughs> uh, I love it. I'm always happy for the chat, guys. You're doing a great thing and, um, yeah, just thanks for informing Australia. It's a really good thing you're doing. Appreciate your time. You have a good day. Yeah, you too, guys. Cheers. Thanks, so there we have Owen Raskovich from Rask Invest. Definitely knows his stuff. Yes. What were your takeaways from that? Oh, I mean, we're about to do an episode on cash flow and balance sheets yes. and all those sorts of well, things. By the time this is released, that episode may uh, already yes. be released. Yeah. So, and that's why we called him to get, you know, he's very much value-based, doesn't worry about price. It's all about what business are you investing in. And it's very important that you keep that in focus because it's very easy to be swayed by the big price drops at this stage. And uh, I guess the key takeaway from me is to not let that be your decision to invest that something has just dropped by 75%. It's a guarantee that it'll go up. That's not what it's all about. Yeah, I live. I learned that the hard way with Slater and Gordon. Yes, yes. <laughs> a mate of ours has learned that the hard way recently with a oil ETF. <laughs> <laughs> so I think for me, there was definitely a lot of chat about the first step being, can a business survive this time? Will it be solvent by the end of it? And I think we we'll get into that more in this episode which depending on sequencing may be released (laughs) soon or may have already been released. So maybe you can go and listen to it in your podcast feed now. So I think that's really important and we'll get into that. He talked about some of the big tech companies and the amount of cash they had. uh, And that was definitely something that I had noted down. I think Microsoft actually has the most cash on their balance sheet at the moment. But Alphabet and Apple both have over $100 as well. I'm hoping to see some acquisitions yeah, at some point. Yeah. There have been a lot of questions in this bull market recently why they're not spending that cash. And maybe there wasn't any good acquisition targets. Maybe things were to- too expensive. But now things aren't as expensive. So I'm interested to see what happens there. Mm. Well, we'll probably discuss this in further detail, Ren. So let's leave it there for this bonus episode and uh, we'll chat soon.
Nice one. And thanks to Owen. Yes. Thanks, Owen. Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances, or goals. The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.